Hi, welcome to my podcast, Help Me Rhonda. I'm your host, Dr. Rhonda Karg. I'm a clinical psychologist, and each episode of this podcast, I present mental health-related information to you in hopes that it will help improve your health and also help you learn some new things about yourself. So thanks for tuning in today. I'd like to talk about something known as emotional sobriety. And you will hear this term come up now and again in the the substance abuse recovery area. Uh, People will talk about emotional sobriety, but what I'm learning is that even though this is an incredibly important component to making changes in your life, especially as it relates to substance abuse recovery, emotional sobriety is just not getting the attention that it deserves because it's absolutely essential for people as they attempt to make changes in their lives. And again, especially people in the substance abuse area, folks that are sober. So what is emotional sobriety? As the term implies, think about sobriety in terms of, for substance abuse, for example, sobriety would mean that if they're an alcoholic, they have abstained from alcohol and that they're continuing to live their life without alcohol anymore. That's sober. But sobriety isn't just about the amount of time that you've put together that you didn't use uh, a substance like alcohol or other drugs. It's not just about that. It's also about something that we call emotional sobriety. And emotional sobriety is, as the term implies, it is a way of being in the world in which you're not having a lot of really high highs and not a a lot of really low lows. You're trying to keep your mood in a pretty steady state. Why is that? Well, a lot of us who have had substance abuse problems use drugs and alcohol to numb out, to escape from our feelings, to escape from feeling bored, to deal with maybe withdrawal. It was something like that that was usually part of our story in terms of the things that maybe was like pouring miracle grow on any sort of biological or genetic predisposition that we might have. Okay. Now, a person who is sober or a person that is not having any issues with alcohol, when put under enough stress, may end up developing a drinking problem if they didn't have one before or make their drinking problem worse or for a sober person can make them tempted to go back to their substance use. And how do we protect ourselves from that? Well, we learn other ways of coping with 
difficult emotions like anger, sadness, fear, shame, guilt. You know, those are some of the things that can be triggers for people because those feelings are so strong and they just want to get away from them and they don't have any other way to cope. So they cope with that addictive substance for them. So in sobriety, when we're trying to make changes, it's so important to recognize that we have feelings that we need to learn how to effectively cope with. It's not about just not using the substance. It's about treating some of the underlying causes. If you believe that addiction has a biological basis, as I believe that it does, and the research shows that it does, if you believe that that's true, then it was somewhat a luck of the draw whether you turned into someone that struggled with addiction. And when I say addiction, I don't mean just addiction to drugs. I mean alcohol, it could be shopping, it could be gambling, it could be work, it could be sex. There are an infinite number of ways that we can numb out our feelings and people that never learned growing up how to have their feelings, they may not even know what their feelings are. And sometimes that's where we need to start is learning how to identify how they're feeling. If they grew up in a home where they weren't allowed to express their feelings or talk about their feelings, got in trouble for having feelings, individuals like this may not even really know how they're feeling. They just know that they're upset. So where we start with individuals like that, we start with learning how to sit with and identify the feelings that we've had from the time we woke up until now. Think about the six primary emotions. And remember those are anger, sadness, fear, shame, love, and joy. So if you think about your day from the time you woke up until now, when did you experience those six emotions? And when you do the exercise, all you do is basically label the snapshot of your day. Let's say when you opened your eyes, you felt angry. You just tag it angry. You don't relive it. You just tag it and you keep going. But what a five-minute emotion meditation does for you are a few different things. One is it's a mindfulness exercise, so you're strengthening. It's like doing reps with weights. You're strengthening that neural pathway for being mindful and being present. We are holding space for our feelings because, to be honest with you, we are usually so busy in life that we have a tendency to push our feelings down. And some people even keep themselves busy in order to keep their feelings down, okay? You can also be addicted to being busy. So holding space, even if it's for five minutes and you can take stock of what you were feeling during the course of the day and you will 
learn how to start identifying your feelings. And then the next step of that, after we've learned to hold space for our feelings and recognize what our feelings are, then that can inform what our unmet needs are and do we need to make a boundary in this situation in order to maintain our emotional sobriety. Again, we want to try to keep things on a pretty even keel, okay? We don't want things that are very, very stressful uh, or we don't want to take on a massive task that's going to bring up a lot of really strong feelings like if your parents have passed away that wouldn't necessarily be a great time for you to go and clean up their house and get rid of things if you're brand new to sobriety you might want to take someone with you rather than going into that situation alone because any situation that brings up a lot of really strong feelings for us uh, and for some people, it's joy. Honestly, that can set them up for relapse. They they use substances to celebrate. Uh, but for a lot of people, also, they use alcohol and drugs to self-medicate the more uncomfortable emotions like the anger, sadness, fear, and shame. So what does our emotion say about our unmet need? If we feel fear, for example, what would our unmet need be? Our unmet need would be safety and security. And so if you're feeling afraid in a situation, maybe you need to do something to help you get out of that situation or Maybe uh, if you're in that situation, you may want to make a boundary with someone if it involves them and it involves something that maybe they're doing. You might want to make a boundary with them if it's if what they're doing is bringing up fear for you. Not in the way that you're blaming them, but in the way of when you do this thing, I feel what emotion. <clears throat> I recommend that you even try to keep these conversations as low key as you can. I have a technique that I call airing things out. And basically you go to the person and rather than saying, I need to talk to you, we need to talk, there's a problem that tends to get people feeling defensive. And sometimes those conversations don't go very well because that person gets angry and does not take any responsibility and kind of maybe frankly doesn't really care how you feel about the situation. But if you go to the person in a way of just kind of bringing it up casually, like, hey, I would like to air something out with you. Is this a good time? Usually the person will say yes, and you can say to them, last week when you were talking about your ex-girlfriend in such a positive way, it made me feel weird. And I, I would like it if you didn't do that anymore. And usually the person is very open to it, is very receptive. 
says, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I, I definitely will be more mindful of that moving forward. And the reason for that is that I'm not coming, you know, you're not coming at them. You're not, I need to talk to you. You did this thing that really upset me. I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I mean, that conversation is not going to go well. What is important for you to do is to get grounded physically. I want you to be calm and competent and centered before you go and approach someone to make a boundary with them or to just let them know that they did something and it made you feel weird and you would appreciate it if they didn't do that anymore. Go into the situation feeling calm and confident and centered. That's the authentic you is when you're calm, confident and centered. So get your place, get yourself to that place physically and emotionally. You can do the Superman pose for five minutes. There's YouTube videos out there about to do about doing the Superman pose. You hold your shoulders back. Your feet are hip length apart. You hold your chin up and you hold your chest out. You hold that position for 10 minutes and it changes your body chemistry. You have less cortisol, which is a stress hormone. So you feel less afraid. You have more testosterone, which will make you feel more courageous. You will feel more confident. And the people who are around you will perceive you as more competent. So it changes your body chemistry, how you feel about yourself and how other people think about you in 10 minutes. So you could go do it in the bathroom at work for 10 minutes before you go talk to your boss about an issue that you're afraid to talk about. Okay, that'll help you a lot. Uh, you can cross your legs and you can, you know, cross your ankles together and you can do that uh, yoga pose where you go like this with your hands and hold them together. That's another way to help you get grounded. Calm yourself down, calm your body down so that you're in a good place to have this conversation with them. Now, as it relates to sobriety and emotional sobriety. We want to be careful about creating stress in our lives. We want to be careful about withstanding stress or very emotional situations. One of the reasons why some people, when they leave treatment, and they're newly sober, they might go take a job that is relatively low stress. It might be something like uh, stocking shelves somewhere where they're alone, okay? Or uh, maybe doing some, you know, manual labor that isn't a stressful thing, but actually helps their health and helps them get out some of the feelings that they're having that may be difficult for them in sobriety. So, you know, you have to think about what is this going to do for me? Not to me, but for me. Is it going to make me feel like I'm closer to a drink or a drug? Or is it going to help me feel good? 
Is it going to be helpful for my sobriety, my health and well-being? Because remember, you are number one. Is it going to help your health and well-being, your physical, emotional health? Or is it going to bring you closer to a drink? And if it's bringing you closer to a drink, I would pump the brakes very seriously. Look at what's going on in your life. Work with someone to help you problem solve and figure out another way to do things. If possible, maybe you could make a boundary at work. You could have a talk with your boss. You could have a talk with that person in your life. At other times, you may just really need to change jobs. You may need to change your friend group. You may need to distance yourself from your family. There are changes that we have to make. Remember, you may have heard the phrase before, changing people, places, and things. Okay, we have to be mindful of our sobriety and what the triggers are for our sobriety. And if it is an emotional thing, trying to stay even keel, calm, not stressed. Learning how to effectively cope with your feelings, learn how to effectively cope with stress, okay? Some people are able to find this, their emotional sobriety in the 12 steps of AA and some other 12-step programs that are based on AA. Some people find emotional sobriety in psychotherapy and working through maybe a childhood trauma that they experienced, okay? Help them deal with their shame. Help them learn how to identify their feelings. Help them develop better relationships, okay? New coping skills, maybe that's what they need. Maybe they need to throw themselves into some other immersive experience. And uh, that's maybe like a psychedelic experience. Maybe that's what they need in order to kind of help reset the way that they think about themselves and the way that they think about the world. There's many, many paths to healing, as you know from this channel and other places. So look into what might be most effective for you. If you feel like there is an emotional component to your addiction, your alcoholism or your other addictive or compulsive behavior, I really encourage you to maybe seek out the support from someone that has earned your trust or, and or a psychotherapist to help you to work through this. It is really important to get social support early in sobriety. And as I said, so many of us are coming from families where we weren't allowed to have our feelings. We weren't taught how to cope with our feelings. And as a result, ended up falling into a trap with substance abuse because we just didn't know how to cope. And so I would really encourage you to seek out the social support that you need. And I think a lot of times, especially if you felt like you were self-medicating with your substance abuse, I would really encourage you to seek out the help of an addiction counselor, a psychotherapist like myself, 
or another mental health professional that can give you the support that you need. Learn how to identify your feelings, learn how to cope with your feelings, learn how to maintain your emotional sobriety by making good choices that are conducive to that and putting your health and well-being first. So thanks so much for tuning in today. I wish you the best on your healing journey. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.